Jai Radha Madhava Kunja Bihari Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya 
Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Narayanam Namaskritya Naram Cheva Narutamam Devam Saswatam Vyasam Tatojayam Udiraya Nasta praised you, abraced you, Nityam Bhagavata Sevaya Bhagavati Utam Shloke Bhakti Bhagavati Naishkiti Reading from the Srimad Bhagavatam Canto 1, Chapter 10, Text Number 23 Sava Ayam Yat Padam Atra Surayo Jitendriya Nirjit Ta matar isvanaha pasyanti bhakti uktalit mana malat mana manva esa satvam parima surtam arhati sava anam yat param atrasurayo dechendriya nirjita mat Tarvanaha Pasyanti Bhakti Ukalitmanla Atmana Manu Esa Satvam Pari Parimasurtam Arhati Sa Sava Ayam Yat Paramatra Surayo Jitendriya Nirjitamat Sarisvanaha Pasyanti Bhakti Ukilit Manalat Mana Manu Esha Satvam Parimarsutam Arhati Word for word, Sa, He, Vai, by providence, Ayam, this, Yat, that which, Padam Atra, here is the same, Personality of Godhead, Sri Krishna. Surya, great devotees. Jita Indriya, who have overcome the influence of the senses. Nirjita, thoroughly controlled. Mattar Ishvanaha, life. Pashanti, can see. Bhakti, by dint of devotional service. Utkalita, developed. Amala Atmana, those whose minds are thoroughly cleansed. Manu Esha, certainly by this only. Sattvam, existence. Parimarsutam, by purifying the mind completely. Arhati, deserve. Translation and purport by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami, Shri Prabhupada Ki, Jaya Prabhupada. Hi Krishna Mishra Prabhu, welcome. Nice to see you. Translation, here is the same Supreme Personality of Godhead whose transcendental form is experienced by the great devotees who are completely cleansed of material consciousness by dint of rigid devotional service and full control of life and the senses. And that is the only way to purify existence. Here is the same Supreme Personality of Godhead whose transcendental form is experienced by the great devotees who are completely cleansed of material consciousness by dint of rigid devotional service 
and full control of life and the senses. And that is the only way to purify existence. Purport. As it is stated in Bhagavad Gita, the Lord can be known in His real nature by dint of pure devotional service only. So it is stated here that only the great devotees of the Lord who are able to clear the mind of all material dust by rigid devotional service can experience the Lord as He is. Jitendriya means one who has full control over the senses. The senses are active parts of the body and their activities cannot be stopped. The artificial means of the yogic processes to make the senses inactive has proved to be an abject failure. Even in the case of the great yogis like Vishvamitra Muni, Vishvamitra Muni controlled the senses by yogic trance. But when he happened to meet Menaka, a heavenly society woman, he became a victim of sex, and the artificial way of controlling the senses failed. But in the case of a pure devotee, the senses are not at all artificially stopped from doing anything, but they are given different good engagements. When the senses are engaged in more attractive activities, there is no chance of their being attracted by any inferior engagements. In the Bhagavad Gita, it is said that the senses can be controlled only by better engagements. Devotional service necessitates purifying the senses or engaging them in the activities of devotional service. Devotional service is not inaction. Anything done in the service of the Lord becomes at once purified of its material nature. The material conception is due to ignorance only. There is nothing beyond Vasudev. The Vasudev conception gradually develops in the heart of the learned after a prolonged acceleration of the receptive organs. But the process ends in the knowledge of accepting Vasudev as all in all. In the case of devotional service, this, this very same method is accepted from the very beginning. Repeat that, excuse me. In the case of devotional service, this very same method is accepted from the very beginning. And by the grace of the Lord, all factual knowledge becomes revealed in the heart of a devotee, due to dictation by the Lord from within. Therefore, controlling the senses by devotional service is the only and easiest means. <coughs> Excuse me. Omagana timrandasya jananjanan salakaya chakshuru and militam jena tasmai shi gurubhena maha shi chaitanya manobhisham shapitam jena bhutale Swayam Rupa Kadamayam Dedanti Svabhadantikam. I was born in the darkest ignorance, and my spiritual master is opening my eyes with the torchlight of knowledge. I offer my humble obeisances under the dust of his lotus feet. Namaun Vishnu Padaya. Krishna Prasthaya Bhutale Srimati Tamal Krishna Goswami Nitinamani. 
Namo Om Vishnu Padaya, Krishna Prestaya, Bhutale, Shimati Bhakti Vedanta, Swaminiti Namane, Namaste Saraswati Devi, Gauravani Pacharani, Nirvisesha Sunyavari Pashkatari Shatarani, Banchakopatarubhaischa, Kripasindavasevacha, Patitanam Pavanebio, Vaishnavabio, Namonamaha, Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya, Prabhunitananda, Shirvaita Gradha, Shivasari Gauravakta Vrinda, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. So thanks for tuning in today or being here. We appreciate you coming to hear from the Srimad Bhagavatam. The spotless Purana, right? There's no um, material contamination. There's no, nothing uh, material wrong with Srimad Bhagavatam. It is the cream the cream of all Vedic knowledge. Isn't that amazing? Like you couldn't fit all of the books of the Vedas in this temple room. It would fill fill the room. So much knowledge, so much Vedic knowledge. And yet we have the cream. Someone has come and churned, churned the milk of all the Vedas. And out of it comes the sweet cream that Krishna loves so much, right? And that, 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 that's come to us in the form of the Srimad Bhagavatam. And now we have it explained by Srila Prabhupada. And he's explaining it based on the knowledge and the teachings of the previous Acharyas and by his own inspiration as Krishna in his heart, Krishna helped dictate these purports. But we get it in a special way through Prabhupada. We get these purports in, in the, the, they're written just for us, right? In this age. Isn't that amazing? This age of Kali, this latter part of the 20th century. Now we're in the first part of the 21st century. And, and Krishna loves us so much that he doesn't just leave us to suffer and rot in this horrible material world, but he sends persons like great saints, like Srila Prabhupada, great empowered individuals, his own personal associates, his own dearmost ones, right? His own personal associates. He sends them to give us this knowledge. And so we're reading Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 1, chapter 10, text number 23. This is the departure of Lord Krishna for Dwarka. So we're getting a wonderful opportunity to talk about Krishna and to hear about Persons that love him very much and are part of his eternal pastimes, and we we, we heard about the uh, the ladies, you know, watching Krishna leave, and uh, how how their their talk of Krishna was likened to be even better than the Vedas, even better than Vedic knowledge. Why? Because they talk about Krishna in a very personal way. It's super personal. And that's the point, really, of the whole Hare Krishna movement, isn't it? To present God as a person. Krishna is the supreme personality of Godhead. Krishna's, Krishna stu Bhagavan Swayam. God is a person. You tell someone that on the street, they go, wait a minute. God's a person? What, like you and me? No, he's not. He's not a person. He's white light. Uh, he's beyond conception. He's beyond understanding, you know. Uh, you'll get a lot of different views if you ask somebody who is God. You know, some people say he's Jesus. Some people say he's, he's, uh, he's just, uh, he's nothing. <laughs> there is no God, right? But 
Prabhupada came to, to, to very much insist and teach the world, no, God is a person. And if you go to India and you go to the temples, if you come to the Hare Krishna temples throughout the world, you will see God is a person. He's, he's standing right on our altar. This is Krishna's Archa Vigraha form of Krishna. You say, well, he's just a statue. He's not. If you treat him like a statue, then that's all he'll ever be to you, right? But if you treat him as the Supreme Personality of Godhead, when, once he's been installed by a pure devotee, once he's worshipped properly, Krishna comes into that form and it becomes non-different from him. It's his Archavigraha form. And this is based on scriptures, on the Vedas, on the previous Acharyas who knew how to worship the deity and taught us how to do it. So deity worship is one of the things that help us to purify our senses. And Srila Prabhupada talks about that very specifically in this verse and purport. Here is the same Supreme Personality of Godhead whose transcendental form, his form, is experienced by the great devotees who are completely cleansed of material consciousness by dint of rigid devotional service and full control of life and senses. And that is the only way to purify existence. So it's all right here. We're getting the whole thing. What do we need to do to experience Krishna fully? We have to clean clean our material consciousness by practicing rigid devotional service. And if we do that, we'll have full control of our life and our senses, right? To control our senses is very difficult. They're always needing something uh, in front of them. Uh, uh, eating, looking at things, touching things. We need, always need to be filling our senses with something, right? We're material bodies, and the senses are like that. So Krishna tells us, Prabhupada's telling us right here, fill, fill those senses with Krishna. And, and in fact, that's the only way. It is the only way to purify our existence. Is instead of trying to enjoy the objects of the material world, enjoy the objects of Krishna consciousness. What are those objects? What are those things? How do you fill your senses with Krishna? Well, the, the first one is our, is our most important instruction, right? To Chant Hare Krishna, 16 rounds, Hare Krishna Maha Mantra, right? Every day. Chant the Lord's holy names. It goes in your ears, it purifies you. If you come to the temple or you do kirtan outside, then your, your recitation of the holy name, <clears throat> excuse me, is very purifying. <clears throat> Pardon me. Chanting the holy name outside spreads Krishna's potency, his, his, his powerful Holy name can purify and cleanse anything. So we chant to ourselves with japa, we chant outside, we chant in the temple room. Because filling our senses with the holy name is so superior to any any other pleasure we could get, any other sense pleasure. But we're not convinced of that yet, right? Because we're still full of material dirt, material inebriates. Uh, unwanted, dirty things in the heart are still dogging us, right? There's still still a problem. So we have to begin to control our senses by practicing rigidly devotional service. 
So that means getting up early, chanting our rounds in the morning, taking bath, being clean, wearing tilak, wearing uh, kanti mala, right? We wear Tulsi neck beads as a uh, sign. What when, when Krishna's offered prasadam, offered food to eat, they put a little Tulsi leaf on it, right? So it's the same for us. We put Tulsi around our neck. We wear Tulsi. We're making our body, our life, our efforts an offering to Krishna. And we can think of that all day long. And that will help us with our Krishna consciousness. It will help us to purify ourselves. To instead think, well, I need to go out and have some fun or do something to relax. No. Remember, your, 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 your whole consciousness should be offered to Krishna in service, and do devotional service. And then you can get the result that's being discussed here. You know, we, we, we're in a dangerous, precarious situation. We're in Kali Yuga, uh, in the material world. And it is danger at every step. And if anybody doesn't believe that, look in the newspapers. Go walk around. The problem is we think it'll never happen to us, right? Just like death, we think, well, I'm not going to die. And yet people all around us are dying all the time, right? We just don't believe it. Mishra, I mean, I'm sure you have buddies, you have friends that have passed away, right? You've, you've had even close friends that have passed away. We've had dear family members pass away. And especially when you get older, you get in your 50s, you get in your 60s, I mean, it's a huge list of people that have passed away before us. And yet, I still sit here and think, won't happen to me, won't happen to me. COVID is raging around the world, and you know, one or two percent or so of the people that get it will die. So there's been an increase in, in, in death because of the pandemic. Uh, you know, luckily, this isn't a, a really virulent you know, virus, right? It could be a lot worse. There's viruses that have 50 and 60 percent death rates. And uh, if those ever get going, I mean, you can imagine the devastation. So we, it, that, that's one of the reasons COVID is around. That's one of the reasons there's viruses around. The, the Lord's trying to remind us, you know, you're not going to live forever. This is Kali Yuga. You get 80, 90, 100 years max if you're lucky, right? I mean, a lot of our friends didn't even make it that far. Our friends didn't even get out of high school. You know, the, the, it's, it's, uh, uh, the, the danger of the material world. And one of the things Srila Prabhupada said about wearing, wearing, uh, neck beads is that it protects you. The, uh, the Yamadutas can't take you. <laughs> if you have neck beads, you're protected. So we want Krishna's protection. We want his, uh, understanding. And we, mostly, we want his mercy. So, Everyone's praying to God all the time, give me this, give me that. Even you pray nicely, give me devotional service. Oh, Krishna's very happy to hear that. So what does he do? He arranges a guru for you. And then you take guru and you begin to chant and you begin to follow the instructions of the spiritual master. Chant every day, Hare Krishna, 16 rounds. Follow the, the regulated principles. No meat, no fish, no eggs. No gambling, no intoxication, no intercourse outside marriage. So this these, if you follow these principles, you purify, you can purify your existence. And, uh, so Prabhupada really hammers this in every single sentence of this purport. I mean, you could talk about just each sentence in here for hours. As, as it is stated in Bhagavad Gita, the Lord came, the Lord can be known in His real nature by dint of pure devotional service only. That's pretty amazing. 
Because in the material world, there's a lot of different views of God, right? But if you say, if you do devotional service, you can under, you can actually understand who is God. You can actually understand God. Isn't that amazing? Because most of, you're going to get a million different, you know, a million people, you're going to get a million views of God, right? And everybody's debating and arguing, and some people say there is no God, and some people say God is impersonal, he's just white light, he's, he's not a person, and then some people say he is a person. And this is Srila Prabhupada's movement. And this is what we have to give the world, this is what we have to preach to the world. Krishna stu Bhagavan Svayam. Krishna is a person, and not only is he a person, he's the supreme person. He's the supreme personality of Godhead. And, and, and there's, there's just reams and reams of poetry. There's reams and reams of book, books about God and about understanding and who is God and what is it, and meditation and yoga and mystic powers. And some people say, I'm God because I have some mystic powers and they set themselves up. And so to, 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 to get through this morass of, of nonsense, of this morass of difficult understanding, this most difficult topic, it, it is the most secret topic. You know, it's it's the most confidential knowledge. Who is God Himself? God Himself as a person is the most secret knowledge. And this real nature, the real nature of God, can be revealed by pure devotional service only. The great devotees of the Lord are able to clear the mind They've cleansed their mind of all material dust by rigid devotional service, and they experience the Lord as He is. Sri the Prabhupada titled Bhagavad Gita as it is. Bhagavad Gita, the song of Krishna, the, the dialogue to Arjuna as it is. Not as I, as I make it up poetically and add some flowery verse to it. Not as I make up, oh, what does it mean? <laughs> you know, if you don't understand it, you can't explain it. And there's no one else can explain Bhagavad Gita but for Srila Prabhupada and the previous Acharyas of this line. Otherwise, there's, there's errors, there's inebriety, there's material contamination in it. They don't understand it fully. So if you read Prabhupada's Bhagavad Gita and you read the translations and the purports and the Srimad Bhagavatam, you can understand who the Lord as He is, as He really is, right? Not as somebody thinks He is, as some prophet down in the corner says, well, this is God, and you give me some money and I'll tell you who God is. I'll give you a mantra, you can be God, right? Some people say that, isn't it nonsense? So this, this, is, this is the process. You have to control the senses. We were talking about that before. It's so hard. Man, the senses are constantly pushing. So we have to constantly push something else in the way. <laughs> Krishna consciousness. And, and, and the key to that is the association of devotees. If we're always associating with devotees of the Hare Krishna movement, we won't have time to associate with nonsense. We won't be getting involved in nonsense, sense gratification things and, and risking not, you know, and risking not spending every moment we can to develop pure devotional service by being in full control, right? Full control takes a little more effort. The senses are active parts of the body. Wow. And their activities cannot be stopped. And Prabhupada takes the, the, the opportunity here to point out 
to point out that the uh, artificial means of yogic processes to make the senses inactive, right? That's what meditation, the yogis, they want to just meditate and they, they get into this void. They can see the, this, this, the Brahma Jyoti. They can experience it and it feels, it feels formless and it's void and it's, there's no, uh, personality to it. There's no quality except bliss. <coughs> Excuse me. And they get attached to this and they get addicted to it. And then they say, this is all in all. And then they want to destroy their own material senses and consciousness and join in the void, right? This is impersonal uh, suicide, right? Impersonal suicide. We don't want to merge into the totality of everything. Sahaja, not sahaja, but um, samukya. I think I'm pronouncing. I'm probably pronouncing it incorrectly, but it's 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 not. It, 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 Prabhupada is pointing out that this uh, you, you'll be a failure, first of all, if you try to do this, because you can't make your senses inactive, right? You may try, and 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 the yogis are so so good at it, right? They can live in the mountains, right? They live in Himalayas, and they live in the snow, right? It's freezing cold, and they just sit there for days, months, years, centuries. They can sit there meditating, and they control their bodies. And, and they think I'm inactive. I, you know, I'm just, my body's inactive. My mind, though, I'm meditating on the void. But you can't be inactive. And the proof is Vishwamrita Muni. Vishwamrita Muni was controlling his senses by yogic trance. But what happened? Menaka, a beautiful society woman, right? She came and she, uh, was able to stop his effort to control his senses by what? By the attraction, by her attractiveness, right? And so, boom, pushed him right off, right? Pushed him right off of trying to control inaction. No, and he runs off with this woman to enjoy. So, it's it's he became a victim because the artificial way of controlling the senses fails. You can't artificially control your senses forever. You can do it short term. But to control your senses properly, you have to be given good engagement, right? Prabhupada says that. In the case of a pure devotee, the senses are not at all artificially stopped from doing anything. But they are given different good engagements, right? You're attracted to a lady, you get married, you have children, you're using your senses in Krishna consciousness. You want to see movies, you want to read books, you read transcendental literature, you watch movies made by devotees about Krishna. They're entertaining, they're fun, they're wonderful. We don't need outside engagement. The, the, if when, when our senses are engaged in th- these more attractive activities, right, we slowly, slowly, slowly become purified. And we don't want to give up this process because it's difficult or we have problems or we sometimes fall away. No, stick to the process. Get back on that bhakti mark. If you fall off the road, what do you do? I'm going to drive to Houston today. Okay, I had some car trouble or I need some gas. I pull off the road. Do I stay off it and just say, well, I can't make it. I'm not going to Houston. Now I pulled off the road or I, I had some car trouble. No, we fix our car. We get back on the road. We buy the gas to get back on the road. We do what we have to to stay on the road of bhakti. The bhakti mark. 
the bhakti path. We have to stay on the path. We have to be like good scouts on the proper route, right? Boy scouts. Does everybody know what boy scouts are? They're, they're boys and girls. They go out in the woods and they learn hunting, not hunting, but they learn camping, right? They learn camping skills. They don't hunt, luckily. But they learn how to camp out and, and make fires and, and, you know, live in the woods. And so they're, they're they, they have, you know, you're going to go to a campsite, you have to follow the path. If you don't follow the correct path and you're in the forest, what happens? You get lost, right? And if you get lost, you fall off that path. You might go down a path and never come back. You could fall, you could get hurt, boom. So we want to stay on the path, the path of bhakti. And we do this by always trying to control our senses by better engagement. This better engagement is is doing things like chanting Hare Krishna, cooking and offering the food to Krishna and only eating food offered to Krishna, by coming to the temple and worshiping here, chanting Hare Krishna together, by coming to class and hearing class on the Bhagavatam and thanks for coming you're doing devotional service. You're, you're, you're purifying your senses so that they're not being filled with some nonsense. Doing deity worship is so powerful, so powerful. You're affected the whole day after you've come on the altar and you've touched the deity form of Krishna, you know, to take, to, uh, prepare him for his bath. And, and you get to, you get to, you get to worship Radha and Krishna and Gorni Thai and, Lord Jagannath, Lord Baladev, Subhadra Devi, and, and Radha Kalachenji, you get to touch them. So that's a very powerful sense, right? Our sense of touch. You know, when you touch the deity, the deity's transcendental. It's spiritual. It's not material. And you touch Gorni Thai, and you put them in the bathing tray, and you bathe them, and then you dry them, and you do all other kinds of nice things, and you chant mantras while you do it, these mula mantras. And it's a whole meditation on how you worship the Lord, you ask Him to sit down, and you go through this, and it, it's so purifying, and it's so much an example of what Prabhupada's saying here, of filling your senses with the proper engagement. Because when you worship Krishna like that, there's no maya, there's no sense gratification coming into your head. It's just you and the deity. And you've prepared, you make to get their tray ready, you get their clothes ready, you pick out the ornaments they'll wear for the day, you get their flower garlands ready, you, you come in clean, right? You wear clean cloth, you've showered, you bathe, you do achman to fur- further purify yourself. You, you chant mantras for purification before you do the deity worship. Then you start the deity worship and you go right down a list and eventually you memorize the list. And you, you ask the Lord to come and sit down. You don't just grab him. Just, no, Lord, please come and sit. I want to worship you. I want to offer you this. I want to offer you some, some, some nice bath, a nice bath with warm water and nice things in it. You put some rose water in it. You put flowers in it. And any person likes this and the Lord likes it. And it's part of the, the deity worship of the Lord. And so, you, you, you bathe them, you dry them, you put on tea lock, you, you rub them with oil before you bathe them, and then they get a nice bath, and then you dry them nicely, and you put on the, the tea lock and the markings, they get their Brahmin threads again, and then you, then you put, you, you, you dress them, and you dress them so nicely that they turn out like they look right now. 
They're so beautiful, right? They have flower garlands and they have beautiful crowns and they have all the special things that the deities are always supposed to wear. And so when you look at the deities, the deities are beaming out mercy because they're deities, right? Because they're Krishna, but also because they're pleased. They're very pleased. They've just been worshipped this morning in a very loving way for two hours. Someone spent a, a, a good part of those two hours worshipping these deities. Each set of the deities gets worshipped like this. And so this process of deity worship, it brings out the love in us. It, it's designed to purify us and bring out our love. Krishna already loves completely, right? He's pure, but... Still, he's very grateful. He's very wonderful Lord. He's a very kind master, right? When you do something for him, he's very grateful. And he's very, very pleased that you could be out doing any other kind of nonsense. But no, you're here and you took the time. And so that reciprocation of that effort is very powerful. And you feel it the whole day, the whole week, the whole month. When you worship the deities, it is very wonderful. And so if you do it every day, wow, think how powerful that is for your consciousness. We're all feeling it because we chant every day, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. And when you do that every day, 16 rounds, you have fewer problems, right? You, you understand things better. You can, you can, you can traverse the difficulties of this material world in a much, much better way. <clears throat> Excuse me. Because it works. And we all know it works. But, sometimes, we don't want to do it. We're lazy. It's, 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 I don't want to pick up my beads. I don't want to get up early. Okay. Then accept that you're on, you're going to be going much slower on the path, right? And there's going to be a lot more pitfalls, you know, and landmines and, 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 you know, divots in the road and, and even big holes in the road that you might fall into, right? So you don't want to do that. You want to, you want to, uh, you want to practice devotional service right now, fully. The number one reason, because we don't know how long we're going to be here, right? If we get to the end of our life, and guess what? You didn't chant enough. You didn't read enough. Oh, let me make it up in this last week. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Go watch somebody leaving their body, right? And see what they're going through mentally, physically. You can't, you can't just say, well, now I'll just focus on Krishna. No, it has to be a lifetime of effort of being Krishna conscious, of practicing devotional service so that at the end of your life, you can, you can, you can actually Focus on Krishna while your body's going through this horrendous difficulty of shutting down and your organs are failing and your consciousness is, 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 is being attacked and you're, you're in pain or you're in agony and you're worried, right? Oh gosh, I gotta die soon. My body's giving out. So what do you do? It's not a pleasant thing for people that don't have Krishna consciousness. For the devotee, it's, it's understandable. For the devotee, it's easy, right? Death will be easy if we practice all our lifetime chanting Hare Krishna and doing devotional service. This is what Prabhupada's trying to tell us. You can understand who is Krishna right now. 
you know, through your, through your efforts. And then when you start to leave your body, you'll be remembering Krishna in such a pure and perfect way. You'll already have him, right? You already have Krishna in your heart. So you won't, like when Srila Prabhupada left, he wasn't in agony. He wasn't, he wasn't screaming. He wasn't saying, you know, and, and for, for, for people that are very sinful, they scream in agony because who do they see? The Amadutas, yeah, the Amadutas come to take them. And they, nurses and, and people that work with, in hospice and in, in old folks home, they see people dying. They won't tell you these stories, but they see it. They see it. They see people screaming because they're seeing Yamadutas and they're frightened. And that's why death is so horrible for a non-devotee. They don't have any knowledge. They don't have any, you know, they have some re- religiosity perhaps. They have some faith. And that's good. Because any faith in, in practically any bona fide religion, right? Krishna accepts that, right? He's so magnanimous. Krishna says, whatever belief, well, I'll, I'll take it. You know, you worship the demigods? I'll take that. I'll take that, you know. You can, that'll count as worship of me. So, it's not that they're gonna be, you know, riven clouds that, that, that people out there are gonna, uh, just, just suffer. You know, that, there's all different levels. But, but the level of anyone that's listening to this, the level of anyone that's here now, any devotee is, is much higher. We've already been through that. We've had enough death, right? We've been a billion, trillion, zillion of bodies, right? We've already had that many bodies and suffered death so many times and in so many different species of life. And now we get this opportunity. We're human being. We have a brain. We have the most wonderful thing that can help us to understand God, right? A human brain. The human brain is so powerful. It can help us understand who is Krishna. So we shouldn't use the brain to try and enjoy these senses, like think up better ways to enjoy ourselves. No. Use the brain to think how to spread Krishna consciousness. And Srila Prabhupada speaks, makes he makes clear that devotional service is not inaction. And I know sometimes I, I want to make devotional service inaction. I just want to relax, Lord. I just want to read. I just want to take it easy. But no, it's not inaction. It's, it's, you're filling your senses with Krishna. And we have to overcome our ignorance. We're not in full knowledge yet. So the material conception is due to ignorance only. But there is nothing, there's nothing beyond Krishna, beyond Vasudev, Vasudev Krishna. The Vasudev conception gradually develops in the heart of the learned after prolonged acceleration of the receptive organs. What are the receptive organs? Our mind, intelligence, our brain, right? Prabhupada says our uh, intelligence is like an organ, right? And so we've got to actually use our intelligence uh, to uh, that they become purified from a prolonged process. The process takes some time, but it ends. The process ends in the knowledge of accepting Vasudeva is all in all. We accept Krishna as all in all. If you understand Krishna, you understand everything. If you understand Guru, you understand everything. Because Guru is Krishna. Krishna comes as Guru. It's not oneness. They're separate. But the Guru is the way to get Krishna. You have to have a spiritual master. The spiritual master is the link, right? The via media. In the case of devotional service, 
If this method is accepted from the very beginning by the grace of the Lord, all factual knowledge becomes revealed in the heart of a devotee due to dictation by the Lord from within. Wow, that's neat, isn't it? Prabhupada spoke of how when he was writing his purports, Krishna would come and dictate to him. And this is, this is also stated here. Krishna is going to dictate to us from within our hearts. Haven't we all felt this, right? Intuition, that little voice, it's called super soul. Super soul's in our heart and it's helping us. It's telling us, you know, hey, doing this is not such a good idea. <laughs> you might regret this later. Do something, you know, stick with Krishna consciousness. Controlling the senses by devotional service is the only, the only way, and it's the easiest way, right? It is the only and easiest means to understand God. And if you understand God, you understand everything. And if you have God as your friend, <laughs> right? Do, do, do rich people's friends suffer? No. If you have a friend and he's a billion, billion, multi, multi billionaire and he's your good friend, does he let you, does he just go pick you up from the, the gutter? If you're living on the street and say, hey, let's go hang out. No. Friends take care of each other. Family members, right? Take care of each other. And the, 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 the family, the loving members, the love, people that you love in your life, you take care of them, right? So just think how much more Krishna will take care of us. So when we have faith like this, that Krishna will take care of us, I can do devotional service. I won't be the loser. It's a gradual process, and I have to apply myself every day. I can't just say, well, I did this 10 years ago, and you know, I was very fired up when I first joined. And, and you know, isn't that enough, Lord? <laughs> you know, I, I, I gave 10, 5, 10, 15, 20 years. You know, I'm a little older now, and I don't do quite as much as I did before. Isn't that enough? Doesn't that count? You know, no, it's a gradual process, but you don't want to stop. You have to keep going every single day. Regulator principles of freedom. They will free us from material contamination. Chant every day, Hare Krishna Maha Mantra. Then you will get Krishna. You will understand Krishna. Read Bhagavad Gita, Srimad Bhagavatam. Read an hour a day. Read ten hours a day. Go out. And, and if you go out and you give this, this knowledge to others, you, you, you get some of Prabhupada's books and try to, to distribute them. Wow! Look what happens. You really get a lot of mercy, you know, and you can, it can keep you connected. There's, you know, Tamal Krishna Maharaj would say this, whatever you're attracted to in Krishna consciousness, do that and do it till you drop, till you drop dead. Maybe it's Harinam. You want to go out and chant on the streets. Maybe it's book distribution. You love distributing books. Maybe it's cooking. You love to cook. Oh my God, you can cook up a storm. Cook up all the time and give the, offer it to Krishna, right? And then give it out to people. What's the reaction when you give somebody something really tasty? They love it. They flip out, especially like uh, our guests that come to the temple. They love this restaurant. They love it. And they know there's something special about it. And they, they just like, wow, this is the best place. It's the best food. And they struggle in the material world, so they can't always come as much as they want to. But they're, you know, in the back of their mind, they're always like, 
oh, I wish I could get to Kalachanji's. I wish I could get here and have lunch or dinner. It's so special. It's so nice. And if, if, if we, uh, if, if you just, if you just want to cook, come and cook for the restaurant. Come and cook for the Sunday feast. Whatever you're good at, right? Do it in Krishna's service. Cooking. Maybe it's building. Oh boy, do we need help around here, right? With building stuff, with repairing, with painting, all this. If you're good at that, come and do that for Krishna. You know, and ever, any, anyone, even if you don't have any skills, right? Can, can prick, pick up a, can pick up a broom and a mop, right? Can clean, take a dust, duster. If you have arms and legs, right? You can use them to clean. Clean the temple. Help come and clean the temple. Do deity worship. If you have second initiation and you're not doing deity worship, you're just missing out so much reciprocation. You know, okay, I'm doing all these other things. I don't have time for deity worship. But then you're missing the chance for Krishna to thank you for all the other things you're doing in a very intimate and loving way. Very intimate. Deity worship is very intimate. And the, the, the deities don't talk to you. You don't hear their voice. But they, they let you know how they feel and they interact with you on a very personal way. You know. You know. They, they, they communicate. And you know it in your heart. You feel it. And you know it. I'm doing something wrong. Ooh, wow. Boom. Right away, you know. You know, sometimes you get sahaja. You get a little stupid. You do something that's a little off the, 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 the instructions, right? Oh, I'm gonna put, uh, I, I, I had this, I did this one time with Shishigorni Tai and I apologized to him again. I, I put, after the bathing them, you know, you put on their Brahmin threads. So I thought, oh, they'd like to chant Gayatri now. So I'd put it up in their hands, cause their hands up here, right? They're like this. So I'd take the Brahmin thread and put it around their finger. Oh, they can chant Gayatri right now. Do you want to be told when to chant Gayatri? <laughs> Should we tell the Lord what He's supposed to do and when He's supposed to do it? <laughs> no. We don't make up stuff. We don't make up stuff in deity worship. We don't, we offer things to the Lord and we ask Him, Lord, would you like this? Would, would, would you like this outfit? Would you like these flowers? Christian's like, yeah, <laughs> of course. You picked it out for me? Oh, how nice. Yeah, please put this on me. But when you go off and say, well, Lord, I'm going to make you, you know, where they do, do something that's not part of it. No, that's wrong. And Krishna told me from within the heart, don't do that. <laughs> and I'll never forget it. I'm there and I was putting that little brown thread in there and I got this, this feeling. No, this is wrong. I mean, a strong, strong feeling. Stop. So I was like, wow. So I didn't do it. Because it was not right. But luckily, I was, uh, uh, my heart was in the right place, right? I made a mistake and the Lord corrected me. And I was so happy, you know, that, that the Lord will do that for you. And He's doing it for us every day. Even if you're not doing deity worship, think about it, right? Think about the time the Lord has saved us. The, the times that the Lord has inspired us. That's really more enjoyable. You know, and, and, and the Lord knows our hearts. He knows, you know, we're not out to do something wrong here. We just make, we make an error. He'll help us correct it. He'll help us to get it right next time. He'll help us to, 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 to overcome the, the, the error in our judgment. What, what's in our mind that was wrong that made us have that error in judgment. He'll correct, He can correct that. He can purify it. 
if we want. If we want it purified, right? If we don't, well, we just keep going down the path. We never change. We never get any better. Huh? You want to get better? Wow. Well, you can. You can get better. It's possible. But you have to follow the instructions of the spiritual master and do devotional service. So beautiful verse and purport. So thank you, Srila Prabhupada. Thanks to the previous Acharyas. And thanks to all the devotees that we get to associate with. You know, we're so fortunate. And uh, Sanatan Govinda Prabhu is sitting here. So we're so happy you're here. We get to associate with you. He's a real traveling yogi now, traveling sadhu. He's giving his mercy all over the world. So we're glad he came back to see us. And I hope he stays. And if he goes, come back a lot and give us your mercy and enliven us. Because just seeing you and seeing the devotee, any devotee that's doing a lot of service and is enlivened by Krishna consciousness, when we see it, we become enlivened too, right? And that's the secret of the Hare Krishna movement, why we come together as devotees, why we have the association of the devotees. We can't give it up. Even devotees try, right? They say, I'm just going to go be sinful. I don't care anymore. They go try and enjoy themselves. They can't. (laughs) They're always pulled back. They're always pulled back. Why? Because it's a superior taste. they got a taste for Krishna. Once you get Krishna, nothing else will satisfy you. Nothing. Think about all the kirtans we've had about going around Govardhan Hill when we'd have the hill outside, how joyous that was. We're recreating the actual pastimes of Krishna and his most intimate devotees. And that brings you pleasure that's not available in any material realm. It's transcendental. It's entirely spiritual. And you feel things in your heart when you do kirtan, when you chant, when you do service. You feel things in your heart that you want, you cannot feel any other way than if you're doing devotional service. It's not available. <laughs> even if it's the most egalitarian thing in the world, even if it's the most noble, charitable thing in the world. Oh, I eradicated COVID. I eradicated cancer. I eradicated all disease. (laughs) Oh, you're going to feel pretty good, right? Wow, I saved a lot of people. Okay, great, you saved them from dying that way. But guess what? They still have to die. You may feel really good about that. You may feel really good. I'm a billionaire. I have 10 billion in the bank. I gave away 5 billion. I feel pretty good about that. Guess what? That feeling is nothing compared to the feeling that devotees get when they just do the smallest thing for Krishna. The smallest thing. Come and sweep up some part of the temple. Clean a little part of the temple and feel not only did you clean that area, you cleaned your heart, right? And you feel it. You can feel it. That's the wonderful thing about devotional service. Krishna doesn't, it's not some mystic thing you don't understand. We, it's true. We don't understand how it's, how it works. It's like medicine, right? I take the medicine. I don't need to know how it works. It just works. That's what Krishna does. But the good thing about Krishna is that you know it works. <laughs> and you understand, oh, because I did this, I, you know, Krishna's helping me. So it's very important that we do this. So I went a little bit over, so sorry about that. Um, but, do we have any comments or questions? Yes, Prabhu. Yes, we must hear the question. 
yes, as you mentioned that devotional service should be daily. Not we should not. One cannot think, okay, in last week of my life I will cram it. Just like for the exams, you know, we have a habit like, okay, put it off until the last <laughs> week and I'll just cram it up. I'll stay day and night. Yeah. That won't work because like you were saying that uh, last, uh, you know, towards that last week, last month, the body, the, everything is just not working. The Remember when still. we cram for exams? We're young then, right? You're in high school, you're in college, you're much younger, your brain is more fertile and, and, and better able to learn. So you can like wait to the last minute, like not go to class the whole year, just read a little bit before an exam and cram all this and then just spit it out and then forget it. You can do that because you're young. When we're older, oh, guess what? You can't do that. Sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. That's a perfect point in that, uh, yes. And so my question was, like, uh, while doing uh, devotional service or chanting around, sometimes we feel enthusiastic, sometimes not so. Right. Sometimes. So how to get ourselves out of that uh, that unenthusiastic mode and put into you know, at least some enthusiasm, some attention towards mm. the devotional service? That's a great question. And of course, there's so many answers, right? But the first thing I thought of as you were saying, I thought is, is uh, why do we have that downtime? You know, why isn't the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra always tasty, right? Why, isn't, why, aren't, why aren't we always doing cartwheels? I mean, we're chanting Krishna's name. It's him, right? Because we still have so much uh, material inebriety. And Krishna also is testing us. He's testing us every minute. Okay, you're chanting my name and you're sitting there sincerely praying, please Krishna, engaging, engage me in your service. That's what the mantra means, right? But as you're chanting the mantra, you're thinking all these other things you gotta do or want to do. Oh, you know, I haven't had a vacation in a while. <laughs> Where should I go next? Oh, I need to go see a relative. I need to go see a friend or I need to go shopping or, you know, and, and, and there's a loose mixture of Krishna in there. But we're not listening to the holy name, right? We're not actually, uh, we're not actually, when we're chanting Hare Krishna, we're not actually like meditating. Krishna, engage me in your service. Because then while you're chanting Hare Krishna, you set your beads down and a devotee walks up to you and says, Hey Prabhu, hey Mataji, can you come and help me with this? And you say, no. <laughs> I have something else to do. Because I've been meditating on that the whole time I chanted my rounds and now I'm ready to go do it, right? <laughs> and it's like, wait a minute. Krishna is just reciprocated with your chanting, Hare Krishna. Please engage me in your service. And then you get a chance and we go, well, actually, you know, I'm not so much into book distribution. <laughs> you know, I don't really like, it's hard. I, I you know, can I do something else? <laughs> okay, Krishna knows that. He, and he knows we're slow learners, right? And we're slow to come to the race. We're slow to come to the game. We're slow to figure things out. So, Sometimes our rounds are are difficult because our minds are difficult. The minds are rebelling, right? It doesn't want to chant. And that's why you got to go above the mind, right? And 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 the part of you that's saying this is this is getting hard or I don't want to do it or you know the the hard slog of the rounds, that's just your mind. And your mind all your mind can do is accept and reject. Accept and reject. When you first sit down to chant Hare Krishna, your mind's okay, right? Accept, accept. Oh yeah, we're going to chant. Mind gets in with you. Yeah, let's run. We're going to chant. You know, we're going to chant. And then after a couple rounds, the mind's like, I don't want to do this anymore. I, I, this is enough. Give me something else. Give me some other engagement. 
reject, reject, reject. You accepted long enough, that's enough. Reject now. Go read. Or let's go walk and chant. Oh, let's go to the lake and chant. Or let's go chant to the cows. <laughs> Prabhupada, devotee said that. Prabhupada just, what did Prabhupada said? Um, uh, distraction. So distracted. Like Tamal Krishna Maharaj, he was taking care of Shri Prabhupada and he went out and he, he chanted, he, he just needed a break and he went out and chanted for an hour in Vrindavan. This is Prabhupada's final pastime. And he came back and Prabhupada was gone. <laughs> Prabhupada had left. So he's like, where's Prabhupada? You know, he was supposed to be taking care of him and Prabhupada. So, so he, Prabhupada had gone to the town, he just, and he came, Prabhupada came back and he said, Tamal, where were you? You know, he, and, and Prabhupada said, or Tamal Krishna said, I just went out to chant, you know, for an hour in the, in, in some trees near the temple in Vrindavan, you know, just Vrindavan atmosphere. And Prabhupada, Prabhupada said, I think it was the same time he also said, he said, I've spent crores of rupees building this temple and you want to go out and chant? <laughs> no, the point is to chant in the temple room. Because why? There's no pretty streams here. There's no forest. There's no, you know, pretty cows to look at or, or pretty animals or, you know, see nature and go, oh, isn't nature beautiful? Look at the clouds. Oh, I'm watching the clouds go by. Instead, if you come in this temple room and chant, you, you have to think of Krishna. There's nothing else to think of, right? The deities are here. The, if the curtains are open, they're beaming out all this. Look at, look at the, every painting. You can't not think of Krishna, right? But how many of us come in here and chant? I don't. I don't come in here and chant enough. I'd, r- I'd rather go out and walk and chant. Because half the time I'm thinking about other things. I'm distracted chanting. But I'm telling myself, oh, well, I'm walking and that's good for my health. But it's the mind playing tricks on us, right? When you're really advanced, you don't go out to chant your rounds. You sit down and you enjoy the nectar of the holy name. You become like, you know, anything takes time to appreciate, right? Like some people look at abstract art. They don't like it. Well, there's a, there's something behind that art that, that made the artist create that. So you have to learn it's similar. It's a bad example, but, well, it's, it's not a, a perfect example, but it's, it's similar. It's, we, we have to develop a taste for the holy name. You can't just say, oh, it's, it's all Krishna and sit down and do it. No, it's a gradual process. So we have to battle the mind. Boom, boom, boom. The mind is always trying to pull us away. So if instead, if you just tell the mind, uh, mind, I'm not listening to you. I'm going to, I'm going to be intelligent. Be the intelligence. Cause you have intelligence and that's above the mind. And the intelligence is what you can use to tell the mind, mind, we're going to keep chanting and you're going to keep paying attention. And after that's done, we'll do something else, right? <laughs> You know, so sometimes there's ways you trick your mind. Not do something wrong, but just say, well, then you can eat. Then we'll have prashad. But then I'll take a nap. Okay, I need a 10-minute nap or a 20-minute nap. I got up from Mangalarti. I chanted all my rounds. Just make your mind cooperate. Okay, we're going to finish 16 rounds right now. And then when that's done, I'll give you a little break. You know, we'll, 
you know, you do something that's not chanting. Then after that, oh, then you get a break. But then after that, I want to chant again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or I want to come to the kirtan or I want to read or, you know. But you make your mind, you train your mind. And so those times that you're, you're, and also you recognize the times that your mind, your mind is trying to stop you from chanting. You, you, uh, you, you don't let it. One time I was here and we were chanting Japa and it was in, uh, Tamal Krishna Maharaj was here and he would sit right there and he would sit out and he, he could see all of us and we'd sit and sometimes walk around Tulsi and chant. So we're sitting there, and, and this was early. This is like during the first or second round, right? We're sitting there all chanting. We're all seated, seated, and the clock up there on the wall fell down and crashed, and the batteries popped out. It didn't break, but, you know, the batteries pop out. At least three, four devotees jump up, <laughs> run to the clock, Put the batteries back in. Talk about it. are the batteries in right? Okay, yeah. You know, we have a committee. <laughs> what are we? How are we going to get the clock back up there? Did did it fall out? Why did it fall out? Is there a nail? Uh, where's the nail? Oh, uh, you know. Got distracted like that. Just right away, we're all sitting there chanting, and boom, something happens, and we're just distraction city. Immediately distracted. So, I. And as devotees were dealing with it, they would peel off. One didn't need help. Two didn't. So there were three or four of us. And then at the end, there was just one person. And he was going to take care of it. And it wasn't me. So I sat back down. And I think, I can't remember if my Guru Maharaj called me over. Or I think he called me over. And I came went over. I kneeled down. I you know, listened. He said, you know, Dharma, you were doing pretty good there. You were chanting. And then you let that distract you. Why did you let it distract you? Someone else could have done it. Someone else was doing it. <laughs> so I've thought about that a lot. Like, you know, while you're sitting, sometimes you think, oh, i got to help with everything that's going on at the temple. No. No. You, you, you got your area. You're sitting there chanting Japa nicely. Don't let yourself get distracted. I mean, sometimes devotees come up to you and say, hey, can you help? Or, you know, and you have to decide. Sometimes it's an emergency, right? You know, I, we need somebody back here. There's a fire. Well, I better go. Fire is a pretty big emergency. You better drop your beads, stop chanting and go put out the fire, right? So then that, there's a, there's a, there's a, you know, the, uh, in between that is, you know, no, I'm going to stay here and chant. You have to decide what's just a distraction and what is something I should stop chanting for. You know what I mean? But, but a lot of things are little things and the, the mind is just waiting. To, to, to give us that, you know, excuse. Oh, some, don't worry about it. You know, oh, you know, you know, there's a million things, even in the temple room you can think of. And your mind tries to do that, right? It tries to play tricks with you because it doesn't want you to chant. It doesn't like it. It doesn't want it. It just wants you to go out in the world and accept and reject. Oh, look at that pretty tree. Look at that pretty water. Oh, look at that ugly thing. Oh, that's bad. Oh, that's bad. Or look at the newspaper or the internet. Oh, good news, bad news. And the mind loves it. Because the mind just says, accept and reject. Accept and reject. And that's all those articles are about. People writing about accepting and rejecting. Oh, this was so great. Oh, this is so bad. This was great about this, but this was bad about her. You know, it's it's ridiculous. Sorry for the long answer.
Thank you. Yes, Mataji. Do you want to use that? Thanks, Prabhu. Thank you so much for a very enlivening class. I'm back here doing my service, and it was beautiful. Thank you, Prabhu. Thanks for being here. Very, very practical and beautiful realizations. Um, one thing I just wanted to ask you about, I remember uh, in the early days this temple was packed with people chanting Japa in the morning. And I remember Sunanda used to chant a little loud, and he would go out in the hallway and chant. Mm-hmm. And I just sometimes you know, be walking to do some service, and I'd hear him chant, and I'd just, my heart would melt. It's a beautiful chanting. But my question is, um, you know, if a devotee is constantly chanting very loud in the temple room, because you were saying how important it is to be in the temple room and chant, um, and devotees have asked, please, could you chant a little quieter, and and they say they cannot, What 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 do you do? How is that? Because because I listened to a class of our spiritual master the other day, and he was saying that actually Krishna likes when you chant because he likes to hear his holy name. Yeah. There was such a beautiful point that Gurudev made. And so you want to really settle in to your japa when you're in this beautiful temple that he orchestrated. For sure. But if someone's chanting very loud, it does distract, it is distracting. So what, how, you know. Yeah, I think if you've, if you've asked the devotee nicely, you know, Prabhu, Mataji, this is Japa time, and so we're all in here together, and we all want to be together and chant. But if one person is just way too loud, then it's disturbing all the others, and it'll make all of them scatter. And say, in order to keep us together so we can get the power of chanting together, which is really very powerful, you know, Japa time in the morning, then could you please chant a little more quietly? And if they just can't do it, then uh, I, I, I guess it's up to you how humble, you know. In, in humility, you'd probably be like, well, I'll just go and chant somewhere else. And that's what happens with people, the whole temple room leaves and everyone's chanting in different places. Yeah, I think it's it's like sort of like it's a, it's sort of a bit of a neophyte thing if the person can't accept it, you know, won't accept the instruction, and so because they're neophyte, they're not they're not really understanding that there's a time, place, and circumstance, right? You can't go into a, a, a Muslim mosque and start chanting and dancing, right? It's not polite. I mean, that's an extreme example. But, you know, it's the, it's, it's the same thing here. Sometimes devotees, they think everything's absolute, you know, and they, they don't understand, wait a minute, there, there's actually etiquette in the whole movement, our whole movement, there, there's all etiquette in so many different ways. And a lot of that's being debated now, you know, the terms, what are we supposed to call women? You know, are they Mataji, are they Prabhu? And there's so, some, you know, there's traditional and there's moderate views. So all of this is about etiquette. And so um, Prabhupada, you know, I think Prabhupada's way of dealing with it is to be, is is that we're all supposed to be gentlemen and gentle ladies. And if if someone comes up to you and asks you to do something, if you disagree with it, you know, you should calmly maybe say why you disagree. If it's a devotee, right? It, you know, 
sometimes people get upset when you say something to them and then they just storm off. So that's not good either, right? We don't want to lose them. We don't want to upset them. But at the same time, if, if they're able to, they could say, you know, they, we, we should, we should always try to, uh, try to understand what it is someone, someone's come up to me and told me something. What should I do with that? <laughs> should I immediately just deny it and say, no, I'm going to chant loud? Because it says in the, in the Bhagavatam to chant loud or whatever their source is and whatever their misunderstanding is. Okay, got to chant loud. But it, it's a, it's just such a, it's such a tough issue, you know, and depends on the person. And I just, uh, I, me being somebody who reacts too strongly and too quickly and gets angry too easily, I've, I'm trying to learn now when someone comes to me to just be real calm and, and, it, Actually try to understand what they're saying first and come up with a, a compromise before, before I just spout out my disagreement, you know, if I disagree. And then, cause a lot of times, nine times out of ten, you disagree with something, but then when you think about it, you're like, oh, wait a minute, they were right. <laughs> right? Isn't that, doesn't that always happen? And so the person that you're having the problem with, they're, they're not listening, they're not really trying to get that. Yeah. So what you could do is, is you could have another devotee ask. It's a challenge. And the only other thing I wanted to comment on your class about Japa um, is that, uh, you know, we walk the lake. At, we chant. Yeah. We chant before our deities, we ch- I chant the temple room. We have beautiful deities. We chant. We do full arctic to our deities. But we walk. And and that lake, for me, is a tear to Prabhupada walk that lake. We oh, walked sure. behind Gurudev so many times, and Giriraj Maharaj and Ritavajar Maharaj walked that lake. So, I mean, I don't know. I just. Oh, yeah, I wasn't saying don't, don't walk and chant outside, because that's better than not chanting, right? <laughs> I was really, with that story, I was referring to what's the, you know, the Uttama, Uttama platform of chanting, right? That's being in the temple room. Prabhupada said, you know, if we're all really Christian conscious, we can just sit in Mayapur and chant. He said, that's actually the goal. (laughs) But we're not ready to do that. So he said, so I have to engage you in this movement. (laughs) You have to do all these other things. So, yeah, I agree. No, I I consider, especially White Rock Lake, it is a Tirta. Prabhupada was there. Devotees are there. You usually see devotees while you're there. And so there's nothing wrong with going out walking and chanting. That's true, but... I was more criticizing myself because I, if, if you let your, if, as you're walking, you think of ten hundred other things instead of concentrating on the holy name, you know. But when you're really in the right mood and, and you, yeah, walking and chanting is wonderful. And, and I've seen Ratapa just fine. When he walks and he chanting, he's chanting. Yes. You know, he's not thinking about ten other things the way I do. So I'm still trying to purify myself. Uh, and, and, and also, and also I've got li- many lifetimes to live. Satchinanda Swami says that actually, you know, you keep your back straight and chant and chant and chant. Yeah. So there is, that's the highest platform, focus. So I get it. And the instruction is your mind is going to wander, so just bring it back. Bring it back. No matter how much it wanders, even huge wanderings, bring it back. Question?
Yeah, that's the standard. And if you need to chant louder because your mind won't cooperate, you're supposed to go outside. We should get that quote. Yeah, and give it to the person. Yes, her question. No. Repeat what you said in the microphone. You chant loud enough so that you can hear yourself. You chant loud enough, and I think the, the, the next part is you chant loud enough so that you can hear yourself, but not disturb others, right? But not disturb others. That's real important. <laughs> Sometimes that gets left off, right? Chant loud enough to hear yourself, but not disturb others. Yeah, when Tamal Krishnamaraj was here, we were real quiet, right? Nobody chanted loud. Hare <laughs> Krishna. You know, you, you didn't want to disturb him. And if you were chanting too loud, he would say something. <laughs> you learn, right? Now with, pro, you know, anyway, it just depends time, place, and circumstance. But, yeah, and, and I think someone that's not, you know, if, if, if a devotee comes up to you and says something, and I've grappled with this my whole devotional life, we really should listen. And uh, not not just discount it just because you disagree with it. I mean, it's really hard sometimes because people tell you things you don't want to hear. But when they do that, they're your best friend, right? Right? Someone who tells you something that, that you don't, and, and people that just praise you, they're your, your worst enemy. But we don't want to listen to anyone that criticizes us because it's hard. But actually, that's what we need more than anything. So, that, any more questions? Everybody? Good? Well, yes. In Mayapur, we went to where Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati prepared for his preaching mission. And he sat in one spot that you can go there. There's the Saraswati Mat. And there's this place where he, he just sat and they still have that retained. Wow. And he did 12 hours a day of Japa. <laughs> so I was thinking that it must to be beyond just getting his rounds done. There, there had to be some you say there must be some kind of real taste there, some kind of ha- some happiness to be able to chant all day long like that. Absorption, absorption in the holy name. He was absorbed. You know what it means to absorb something? Yeah, like when you spill water and you get a sponge or a piece of towel and you put it there, it absorbs the water, right? It goes up in it, and then you can put the towel in the, or you can you can mop up the water. The, the the mop absorbs the water. He was absorbed in the holy name. Whatever he you know, his consciousness just went into the holy name was absorbed. You know, amazing. Thank you. That's a nice, nice comment. All right. Thanks again for being here. Srimad Bhagavatam ki, Shita Prabhupada ki, all the devotees ki. Yeah, they were here the whole class. Thanks for being here. Did y'all have any questions? No? Okay. Next time, will y'all give class? No? Soon? Couple years? Pretty soon, we'll be listening to you all give class. Thank you so much. Hare Krishna.